Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial choices in your life. We've talked a lot about travel lately, the current woes in the industry. I want to tell you about changes going on when you check in at a hotel. A lot of things you're used to, well, they've changed. And later, Cloak of Mystery is piece by piece being torn away from healthcare costs in the country. And I want to tell you why this is so very important for your wallet. So the hotel industry is in a world of hurt everywhere in the United States, almost without exception, on staffing. Hotels cannot attract enough staff members. And so the very nature about how hotels operate is changing. The most obvious of all the changes at hotels involves cleaning service. And hotels are so short of housekeepers that hotels are either going to give a discount of some kind for every night you don't request housekeeping, or charge you money for every night you do request housekeeping. And what I've started to notice, booking multi-night stays, and this is hotels of so many price points, that it will say um, uh, housekeeping is only included every third night, or housekeeping only by request, or things like that when you're booking and a lot of times, though, they don't tell you anything. And you get there and you're staying in a hotel, let's say, for three nights. And you've spent the first night and you come back from work or fun or whatever you're doing. You come back and nobody's been in your room. Nobody's cleaned up your room. And you're like, huh, what's going on here? And it's the new normal that the hotels can't get it done. Now, the housekeepers are complaining bitterly. And here's the problem. They're so short of housekeepers, and every night that a housekeeper does not clean up a room magnifies how difficult it is to clean up a room after a multi-night stay, because uh, a lot of us aren't quite as neat as maybe we'd like to think we are, and if you're at a hotel three, four nights, whatever, and you haven't had housekeeping through that time period and then they've got to come in and get it ready for the next guest, it's taking the housekeepers much more time to get that room ready. The obvious question, a lot of other industries have boosted pay a whole lot to try to attract workers. I was in a parking lot this morning, and I walked past one of those burrito stand places where you walk down a line and say, I want this and that and the other. And they had a sign. They are so desperate for workers. 
they had a sign that there was $500 starting bonus. And you got free food and you got this and you got that and you got this much vacation and all this because they can't get workers. So the marketplace is telling them they got to do more. They got to do better. And I was at a Bucky's, if you're familiar with Bucky's out of Texas recently. And instead of having a big sign promoting whatever they had inside the Bucky's, they had a huge sign looking for workers. And this job starts at $18 an hour. And this job starts at that and on like that. And then it had a long list of benefits. So what's the deal with hotels? Why are hotels not doing this? So this gets a little esoteric. So I, I will try to bore you in full detail. But hotels are usually owned by either an entity called a REIT, a real estate investment trust, or some kind of private equity organization. And the manager of the hotel is required under their contract to produce X number of dollars of revenue or whatever the formula is. And so the capitalist system is broken on the changes that hotels need to make in terms of paying more at most locations and providing the service that they need to provide. And so this is going to become a real divide that a lot of chains that you've depended on, a lot of the names that you've depended on, you're going to see public areas in the hotel that are not being kept up as well as they should be, not being cleaned as well as they should. And this is at a time that hotels are generating a lot of revenue per night, but the third-party owners of the hotels are not allowing the money to be spent on the employees and on the proper upkeep of the hotels. You're going to find that food and beverage, if you go to a full-service hotel, is going to be very much lacking, and it's not going to feel very full-service. I was at a resort recently, not as a guest, but visiting someone there, and didn't say anything to the person I was visiting there, but this was a fancy resort, and it was there was trash everywhere, it was dirty, things weren't being maintained. And this is a problem in the industry, and it's why I'm so interested in staying only today in limited service hotels that aren't making all those complicated promises and trying to deliver so many things. And the operators that are going to stand out are smaller operations where they're owned and operated by the organization itself. An example is a company called Drury Inns or Drury Hotels, whatever they're called, out of Missouri that has locations around the country that operates their places themselves, and they do what they have to to maintain high standards. And that's how the hotel business used to operate with the owner also being the operator. Today, with basically three layers, the brand name you see the franchise owner of that location, the management company, and then the ownership that could be diffused in some way. It's such a jumble, and everybody's got different goals and objectives, not focused directly on you as the customer. In short, don't trust the name you see on the building right now when you go stay at a hotel. Krista? 
First questions from Pamela in Florida. On a recent trip to visit my daughter out of state, I used a park and ride company to park my car. I've done this before and the daily price has been relatively the same over the last few years. So when I returned to pick up my vehicle and pay, I questioned the total because it seemed more than what it should have been. I was told that a 10% privilege fee is included in the total. <laughs> um, What's a privilege they fee? They even printed it on my receipt. Privilege fee, this is one of the worst junk fees I've ever heard of. Is this the new norm? I haven't heard of that one a before. privilege fee. Okay, that's The privilege odd. of parking? Okay, it would be funny <laughs> to, uh, I have a TV affiliate where Pamela was parking. It'd be funny to have their uh, investigative or consumer reporter be a, such a great story yeah. to say what is a privilege fee whoever That'd works in marketing came up with the wrong fee name i mean my goodness we've heard about everything yeah. but privilege fee yeah wow pretty crazy uh lynn in california says my wife's starbucks story and you know we've talked about starbucks and everything and and you've made fun of me for drinking Starbucks. My wife was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2007. Ooh, and her oh. first therapy was a self-injection shot, which caused flu-like symptoms after taking it. I'm My sorry. wife's comfort food after her shot was a Starbucks Frappuccino. I would wake up every shot morning, which was twice a week, at 4.30 a.m. to get her Starbucks. Thank goodness for the Starbucks gold card, which gave us some free drinks. And yes, Clark, I had a line in my budget labeled Starbucks. My wife was on this medicine for seven years, and I did it every week after her shot mornings. As we know, technology and healthcare is advanced, and she is on a new therapy where she gets IV twice a year. She still likes her Starbucks, which I usually get once a week for her. After 16 years, she is doing great, and we are going to Germany this late fall for a Christmas market trip. Oh, I love it. I love it. And Lynn, what an incredible spouse you are. What dedication to your wife. That is a fantastic story. And Starbucks, if that brought the comfort, what a great, great thing. And getting up at 4.30 in the morning, you are such a devoted spouse. Love it. And speaking of being a devoted spouse, Carol in Florida says, which brand of artificial diamond earrings did Clark buy for his wife, Lane? Okay, so De Beers, the big diamond seller, was really suffering a lot from all the people buying the artificial diamonds. So they came up with their own brand that's called Lightbox, and the website is lightboxjewelry.com, and it, they're selling one-carat diamonds for $800, which is very cheap for a one-carat diamond. They are generally very good quality. There will be, from time to time, they'll have a higher quality stone. They'll sell it for more money. They sell larger than one-carat diamond. And they're, they're facing a challenge. How do they do this without eroding their traditional business? But it's already happening. You know, the diamond market, particularly among younger diamond buyers, is very heavily moving to lab-created diamonds and moving away from dug-out-of-the-earth diamonds because people are worried about what they call them, blood or conflict diamonds. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is they're much, much cheaper. Now, the question the marketplace has not answered yet, what's going to be the retained value or resale value of a dug-out-of-the-earth diamond versus a lab-created? Because chemically, 
they're identical. So we'll see. But Lightbox Jewelry is a big seller of diamonds. And I'll tell you a trick. Lightbox is one of the places where if you put something in your cart and abandon your cart, just mysteriously, it seems, you get a discount code later for a discount. They do regular promotions from time to time, discounting below the retail price. So just so you know, Lightbox Jewelry is just one of many sellers of these lab-created diamonds. And the diamonds are spectacular. They're gorgeous and so much cheaper than a dug-out-of-the-earth diamond. So speaking of something we spend a lot of money on, one-fifth approximately of our nation's economy is sucked away by health care costs, by far the highest in the world. And one of the reasons is the healthcare industry in the United States has fought tooth and nail against you being able to shop for healthcare and know the price of a service or procedure or whatever that you're receiving. But I've got new, new news on that front that you're going to have new tools to be able to comparison shop and save what comes out of your wallet. I'm going to tell you about that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope springs eternal. I was so excited when federal law went into effect that required hospitals to publish their pricing data so that you would be able, if you were needing non-emergency care, to see the enormous differences in prices for a procedure, surgery, whatever, from one facility to another. In imaging, like an MRI, a CAT scan, whatever, see the difference from one place to another. Well, I didn't count on how the hospital industry would behave. Hospitals, large and small around the country, have decided that the fines that Congress set up in the law are small enough that they're just going to defy the laws of the country. The maximum fine, if I remember right, is only $2 million. And the cost potentially to hospitals, if people actually started comparison shopping, 
would be huge revenue hits. I mean, the fine is a fraction of what most hospital administrators make in a salary each year. Little dirty secret most people don't know. The administrative staff at hospitals, the upper echelon, make, in many cases, 10 to 20 times the annual income of the doctors that work in that hospital. They're running businesses that have a license to steal because you think about it, you go into Walmart, you go eat at a restaurant, you go shop at a boutique, whatever. What do they have anywhere you go? The price. The price is there on the merchandise. If I walk into a convenience store, a lot of times convenience stores conveniently don't put the prices on things. You know what I do? I don't buy anything because I don't want to be surprised at the register. What other industry, other than some convenience stores, play business the way hospitals do? Where they're like, it's a state secret. We're not going to let you know what this is going to cost. And by the way, we're going to ruin you financially because the joke's on you. And by the way, this is true even if you have insurance. So Congress didn't do it right the first time. They had the right intent, but they didn't execute it well. So they've got to go back and revisit. And they've got to put in fines. And I think they should consider criminal sanctions against hospital administration when they refuse to comply with the law of the land. You know, they start looking at losing their freedom and no longer being able to make four, five, six million dollars a year as a hospital administrator, maybe they'll think, oh, you know, it's much better making my five million or so a year than it is being in a jail cell somewhere. And, and so we need punitive action by the Congress to go after the hospital, cynically hurting American competitiveness, pulling so much money out of the productive part of the economy to be able to feather their nests by making it impossible for people to comparison shop. So the good news is the first phase just went in a few weeks ago, and the more important phase goes into effect in January, that your employer, if you're provided with employer-provided insurance coverage, you know, even if they're self-insured, or if you have traditional health insurance, they now have to post the prices that they've negotiated under your exact plan with all the hospitals there are out there. All the people that provide healthcare services. And this is fantastic. This is wonderful. Because right now, you and I are being hit with these high deductible health plans with significant co-pays to boot. And the whole idea of this was to create a consumer-driven marketplace. Because again, we pay so much more of our nation's treasure and wealth towards healthcare than anywhere else in the world, by far. And our lifespans now in the United States have fallen so far that we're in line with a lot of what are known as middle-income countries. We've fallen behind every wealthy country in the world in lifespan. And now we've moved into this middle of the pack with places with much lower general incomes, and they're having longer lifespans. Now, every time I've mentioned that, I've had response from people saying, well, look at how Americans eat, look at the sedentary lifestyles they have, 
look at the obesity problem, blah, 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 blah. And that's all true. And you have to take that into account. But I go to a lot of other places in, in the world and I see people not eating so great either and having weight problems too and all that. I mean, we've got a problem where we're putting so much money into healthcare, one out of every five dollars our nation generates going into healthcare, and we're not getting the results. So I want you to know you're on the hook for that deductible. You're on the hook for that co-payment. So that's why as this data becomes more and more widely available, and you might look at your own health insurance right now and see if they've got the published list yet in a form you can actually look at and sort. This is for non-emergency care, obviously. And you start seeing the price differences because it's shocking how different something could be that it could be 600 at one place and 12,000 at somewhere else for the same exact thing. Information is power. And this is why the medical industry fights you and me having this information. But the tools are coming more and more where you're going to be able to avoid those massive bill shocks later. And all I can say is it's about time. We need to get the size of healthcare as a part of our economy down to world standards for American competitiveness, which means we'll get it down below 10% from our incredible 20%. And the weirdest thing, when you go to seek healthcare, Krista's with me. Krista, you have two dogs, two cats. I do. Okay. And two kids. But Okay, so when you call, well, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. You're like Noah's Ark here. <laughs> Um, but only one husband, not yes, two. Yes, right? no. no. Okay. Not yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so one of your cats is sick. Mm -hmm. You call the vet. One of your dogs is sick. You call the vet. Do you hear uh, one of those automated messages that says that they'll be back with you in a month? No. What happens? They get right on the phone. And make an appointment to bring them in. Right. And they call you to let you know what it'll cost before you agree to the treatment. And on the other hand, you call your, and I'm not picking on your pediatrician practice, don't even know what it is, but you call them, what happens? Oh, you just, yeah, you get put on hold or they have to call you back to make an appointment and all of that. And I mean, this is medical experience in the United States. You call a dentist. They're very cheerful. They're happy to talk to you. They say, oh, that's really bad about that pain you're having. Can you come in this afternoon at 3.15? You call a doctor, you say, my arm is dangling off the side of my body. They say, well, we can be with you in about three and a half weeks. Yeah. But the point is, dentistry, veterinary practices, they're in the free market. And as you said, they say, this is what it's going to cost to see your dog or mm -hmm. see your cat. You go to the dentist and you need, I don't know, a filling or mm -hmm. something. They say, this is going to be blah, blah, blah dollars. Are you okay with that? It's a completely different mentality than what happens with medicine in the United States. Medicine, there's a compassion fatigue. There's a lack of caring generally. The system has broken down and we need to get back to having free market involved and it all starts 
I think, with pricing signals that we don't have right now. And when medicine gets to a point that it has to compete like other sectors of the economy, that's when it will become more efficient, more caring, and more cost-effective. If you are in the medical business and I've just infuriated you, please remember, blow off steam. Let me know the picture I'm missing by going to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. All right, here are some questions. Matthew in Georgia says, my wife has a Wells Fargo home furnishings card. We've had it for about four years now. When we made the initial purchase for about $3,000, we had a 12-month interest-free period. We made other purchases during that time frame that didn't get paid off in the time because of the additional purchase. I know, stupid on our part. However, we have paid back about $7,200 and we only charged about $5,000. We still owe $3,000. It's just insane. I want to call and explain to them my side of the story and see if they will settle for a lump sum payment. She is current on the account and has never paid it late. We don't want this to hurt her credit if we can settle this at once. What are my options? (sighs) Matthew, this is a terrible story and I don't know if this is something everybody is aware of, Krista. But as you drive down any suburban major road and you see a furniture store, remember that sign out front is actually for a loan office, (laughs) not for a place that sells furniture. The way the money is made in the furniture business is completely different than it used to be. And I will get to the answer to your question, Matthew, in a second. I just want you to know this through and through. When people used to buy furniture up to about 50 years ago in America, people would buy one piece of furniture at a time when they had the money for it. Today, because of the instant access to in-store credit, people buy a complete room or even a complete household of furniture and it's instant home. It's like poof, like I dream a genie just, you said, genie, I need a whole house of furniture and Boom, it was there. And you like that? I like that. Yeah. So what comes with that is this massive loan obligation. And it's standard in the furniture business to offer what's known as a no, no, no plan, which is what you have, Matthew, which is the idea is they say, no down payment, no payment, no interest for six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years, 2027, whatever the furniture stores are saying this day, these days. And the idea is to get you hooked, knowing that most people will not get it paid off in that time period. And then the interest is all retroactive till the first day at a rate typically of 25.6 to 36.0%. That's the typical range on these furniture loans. So in your case, you're at a point where you'll end up paying well over $10,000 for $5,000 of furniture. Unless you're in extreme financial hardship, the credit issues are not worth it. You've got to just buckle up and pay this money as you can, be done, and never do a no-no-no plan again. Never do one again. Because this is the game. This is how it's played. What you should know is when the furniture store sells your note to the in-house financer, they don't even get 100 cents on the dollar. 
they sell it at a discount because a certain percent of people are going to default. And in states that where furniture is repoed, they'll repo the furniture. Otherwise, they abandon the furniture but destroy your credit, come after you with lawsuits if they can. It's really, really bad, ugly. And so what Americans used to do 50 years ago is how we should do it now. Question, why is furniture, the identical piece of furniture at Costco, so much cheaper than it is if you find that identical brand and piece of furniture in a furniture store? I know, I know. What's the reason, Krista? (laughs) Because Costco has a specific percentage of markup that they do, and they don't exceed on what their cost is. That's right, 14%. But what else don't they do? They don't finance it. Oh, no, yeah. You're buying the furniture. You own it. There's none of the overhead involved with all these loan shenanigans. All right. This is from Joe in Florida. What is your opinion of the food shortages in America? Should we really have months of food and water on hand? There are all sorts of articles online and it's hard to know what's accurate. Some say there will be shortages of everything and at the same time a recession. Talk of global control of farming, food, more COVID issues and money problems at the same time as threats of being controlled by the government. What can I do to make sense of all this? Be prepared and not be overreactive. So, Joe, there's a lot of crazy stuff on social media, and this is one of those things where there's a lot of smoke, but just maybe a little fire. I don't think there's any problem with having a small amount of emergency supplies available. We talked recently about having a portable generator to provide for basic power light, you know, LED lights in your home, keep your refrigerator fine, being able to cook on an electric cooktop, that kind of thing. And yes, if there's some kind of man-made or natural disaster, having a couple of weeks supply of food and water on hand is a great idea. Having a small amount of cash on hand, if you can't use ATMs. We face threats from those who despise us overseas hostile foreign governments who want to bring havoc into our lives. And that, to me, is a real danger. But we adjust and we handle this as humans in terms of being uh, severe, long-term shortages of food that would lead to mass starvation in the United States. No way is that happening. That's not part of the game. Being prepared for disruptions where normal networks don't work where access to food for a short while may be difficult. Again, natural disaster or man-made, because it's more likely a natural disaster. Taking these simple precautions, yes. But building a bunker and putting two years' supply of food in it, wouldn't worry about that. Okay, I'm going to really quickly read this from Cole in Wisconsin. I wanted to tell you about my recent experience with our internet service provider. My wife and I were shocked when our bill suddenly went up $20 last month, a total of $240 extra per year. After doing some market research and getting a competing offer from another ISP, I called our current ISP armed with extreme patience and kindness. 
After being put through the gauntlet and repeatedly told that there was nothing they could do, I said I would like to cancel. I was then connected with a member of the retention team who immediately offered me an upgraded (laughs) speed at a lower monthly cost than what I was paying before the egregious increase, saving me a total of $300 this year. Thanks for all you do and encouraging us to stretch every dollar. Cole, good job. This is the deal with every monopoly cable company in the united states they give you a teaser deal on internet get you hooked after a period of time usually 12 months suddenly the price skyrockets and they assume most people just as creatures of inertia aren't going to do anything about it so you check to see if you're with a monopoly phone company or you're with the cable monster or whoever you're with see what they'll offer you at the other place you also now have verizon's wireless home internet you have t-mobile's wireless home internet you've got a lot of options that are much 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 cheaper than the cable monsters now charge but get that competing offer if you really where your druthers would be to stay with who you're with do exactly what cole did call up get the retention specialist and their job is to do the keep And they'll turn around, they'll offer you things that magically nobody ever offered you before, and they'll save you money. And then a year from now, when suddenly they want to charge you a zillion more dollars again, you go through the same process again. The meek do not inherit a fatter wallet. And I want to thank you so much for listening today. We love hearing about successful money wins in your life. You inspire others to stand up for themselves too. And if you have any feedback for us, please, whatever podcast source you listen, review us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and what's in between so we can serve you better.